0: we're
1: good. So I want to know a little bit, I want to talk a little bit about competitive advantage and how uh, you can calculate um, your customer's decision factors to gain a competitive advantage. And so I'm going to beat up on my, on my fake home inspection website, bigbeninspections.com. And you can go there and and check it out. Um, This is a website that I made and I teach from it. So there's really good things in it and some really bad mistakes. Um, So uh, you can take a look at that if you wanted some inspiration uh, or to check out what um, I like, uh, some of the features that I like in a home inspection website in order to convert a site visitor into a client. But let's just assume that Big Ben Inspections is struggling to survive, right? And it's been, It's been in business for many years, but it's barely profitable. Now, if Big Ben Inspections is going to be successful, it has to consider combinatorics. (laughs) I looked it up. Uh, It's uh, a branch of mathematics that studies the combination of elements and their mathematical result. So if you get a bunch of things together and you you kind of uh, structure them to combine together, they can make a a result, right? They can produce a result. And so one of the things that we study is like, what are the decision factors? What are the elements that combine up in order for someone to make a decision to hire you? And when you're successful and you're enjoying a competitive advantage, you have a marketing strategy that combines several elements and mathematically creates a result such as your company being hired by a consumer instead of another company. So let's, talk, let's take a look at several reasons why a particular home inspection company, like Big Ben Inspections, could be chosen over another company from the perspective of a potential client, from a consumer. And consumers base their purchasing decisions on a combination of factors. Not just, it's not just one thing. It isn't just because my agent said to, right? It's usually more than just that. It's a combination of factors that provide them the most value. So rental cars is a good example. I'm about to go on a road trip. I'm crossing my fingers. I'm believing everything's going to stay open with my family. We're heading from Colorado to uh, Yosemite in California. Hopefully the park stays open. Um, And I chose a rental car because I don't want to beat up my own car and I chose a rental car based upon what I thought brought me the most value. All rental cars basically do the same thing. They're all a commodity. They take me from point A to point B. Just like uh, watches, they all do the same thing. They all tell the the same time. But some watches are 10 bucks and some watches are 500. Same thing with home inspectors and home inspection companies. We all do the same thing. We all perform home inspections according to a standards of practice. We all write a report. We take pictures. We kind of inspect the same stuff and say the same, same thing. But what makes me decide to rent one particular type of rental car than another one? And it's a combination of things. There are reasons why a consumer chooses one over the other. And there are various reasons why a person would choose a home inspection company over another inspection company. And when a company does well in all of those strategic decision factors that influence a consumer's decision, it enjoys a competitive advantage in its market. And a competitive advantage is achieved when a home inspection company does better than its competitors on those combination of factors. And the combination of those factors results in a perceived value. So when I was looking for the right car, van to rent, I was looking for certain things that provided overwhelming value to me. And I thought, well, if, if the value, if the overwhelming value is perceived to be much greater than the cost, then it's a good decision for me. So when the perceived value is greater than the cost, it's a good decision. If someone, lands, if someone lands on Eric's website tonight and the value of hiring Eric, right, is about the same as the cost, Eric's got a problem with his website. He's not convincing. He's not hitting those decision factors. There's a combination of reasons why somebody would hire Eric over Roger based upon their value that they're presenting. So let's assume that the decision factors that people use when choosing to hire Big Ben Inspections in comparison with other companies are these. You got the price, you got services, reviews, agent referrals, qualifications, and risk. There could be others. Um, those are, are some of the certainly the, the list of minimal things that people consider. So let's rank each one, each factor, based upon the customer's perspective from one to 10. And the following graph kind of illustrates the ranking. Let's just, just assume in this, in this example, the qualifications of the inspector are poor. So let's see if I could highlight that. Oh. So we've got these factors over here, price, services, reviews, agent referral, qualifications and risk. And let's say that the the perceived value of the uh, qualifications of the inspector right here is four and it's up to here, right? It's four, it's kind of low. And um, reviews right here are ranked one because the company gets a ton of negative reviews, or maybe there's no Google reviews at all. And risk, which is here, is inversely proportional, meaning that if there are no risks in hiring the inspection company, if there are no risks in hiring Big Ben Inspections, then the ranking is 10, that's a good ranking. This information could be illustrated also by a music soundboard a mixing board or a mixer, which takes multiple inputs and merges them together as a single result, right? Think of each consumer decision factor as an input on the mixing board. And your job as a business owner is to push each slide up as far as possible. Push each consumer decision factor as um, positively and favorably as much as possible. As high as possible. So let's see, let's see if I can uh, let's share this one short video with you. Hold on a I second. That's not my knee shirt. Let's slide this over. Oh, oh. Hopefully, you guys can hear this reaction is to spend a lot of money on Google in hopes that that's going to do something for my business. I'm really about having a hundred things that you got to do well to run a successful home inspection business. And you do each one just a little bit, improve each one. Write your inspection report a little bit better tonight. Check out your business card. Redesign your logo a little bit better. Look at your website. Tweak that one page a little bit better. Go over here. uh, Clean your car bit better get it shined up figure out where to go to get it cleaned every day improve your uh, apparel right do you know why this is marketing by the way do you know why i have inspector on the back of my home inspection shirt it's not it doesn't say peach does it? it says home inspector or inspector because if i'm on the property i've already been hired i don't have to market that right so what i realized was when i'm on the property and i my part of my brand is to be there early a lot of people thought i was uh thief because I'd be there at 7 30 in the morning walking around a vacant home on the outside with a flashlight so what I wanted to do was tell everybody without telling them um tell the neighbors not to shoot me because I've got Inspector on my back right if I had peach on my back what the heck's that mean so it's kind of like a it marketing you know uh, you have to think of everything there's not one thing in your business is going to take you to being a millionaire it's all about improving a lot of things just a little bit and that is multiplied into something exponential if you are really good technically as a home inspector but you stink at marketing you'll fail the other way is true too if you're a great marketer and they find out you can't inspect the thing that's no good either so you kind of have to be good at all these things and don't focus on just one thing like spending $1,000 this month on Google Ads, Ronaldo, right? So you have to get your basics down first and totally exploit all of the free resources that internet she provides to its members for free or uh, the low cost things like customizing home maintenance books and knowing how to use them. That's one of the things. So Don, I don't know if you've seen that video before, but um, that's why I wanted to show you that there's a combination of things and I think of it as a mixing board and slide things over. Uh, looks like we have one more guy and Richard, um, uh, a couple of fellas show up late. Um, So let's look at why Big Ben Inspections is struggling and identify which factors should be pushed higher. If the customer's perceived value derived from the combination of price and other strategic factors is low, then it's a business problem that the business owner needs to correct immediately. So if we look, we've got price, Uh, if I can highlight it here, we got price here, which is the customer's cost of receiving what's valuable to them, Well, it's about six, so that's pretty good. Services, that's the range of quality inspection services performed competently by the inspector, and services is there, and that's seven, so that's good. Reviews, reviews suck. So other, uh, reviews is others, um, other customers' good positive feedback for the company, Uh, reviews is really down. Agent referrals, that's how well the company is maintaining uh, cooperative business relationships, with real estate professionals, that's really good. So that's eight, that's really high. Um, Qualifications of the inspector, uh, oddly enough, that's four. That's not very good, so uh, that's kind of low. And risk, risk is the inverse chance that the customer's expectations are not met. Well, it's 10, so there's no risk in this example, meaning very little risk in hiring the company. So the two factors that the business owner needs to work on are reviews and training the inspectors, right? And that's pretty easy to do. You got to focus on what's not working. Um, if you don't, this company is never going to gain and maintain a competitive advantage. And all these things uh, are taught about in the masterclass, which I think all of you are, are enrolled in, um, especially in trying to uh, gain competency in uh, technical knowledge in performing inspections and helping you address um, customers' concerns. So um, let's talk about some of the decision factors, like pricing and value. You gotta know how to price your services, right? And provide overwhelming value. And we go over that in the masterclass on actually how to use math to price your services (laughs) in ancillary services and provide overwhelming value. And getting certified in numerous services, go to one of our, uh, go to our certification page, which has over 60 different types of certifications and diversify your services like Eric does by doing radon tests, right? Um, Radon, if Eric didn't diversify his services, have vertical markets in his business, he wouldn't be doing as well as he is now. He's doing radon inspections, right? Receiving Google reviews, masterclass, we show you how to do that, it's free. Google wants you to get reviews. It's very easy to do. Um, Somebody can show you and walk you through it. There's how-to videos on how to embed a button on your website in order to get a Google review. If you have a customer base to send out uh, an email or a request or a text to get Google reviews, I would say for the past two months or three months, not two more than, uh, longer than that, people kind of forget who we are after a couple months. We, uh, the masterclass shows you how to convince agents uh, to refer their clients to you. They're always hesitant. Um, We were talking about going to uh, open houses and meeting new agents because it's the new agents that do open houses and becoming trained and qualified as an inspector. You gotta get trained and qualified. And if you're hiring, you gotta get all of your inspectors trained and qualified. And that's easy through InterNACHI online courses. And then reducing the risk of hiring your company, maybe you can offer something like the buyback program. It costs a little extra per job, but just don't over, um, don't add to your overhead, just raise your inspection fees in order to cover that. And then there's the zero factor, right? A lot of inspectors, inspection companies that are struggling, we start to look at what they're doing and there's usually a zero in the factor. So if you, in math, if you take uh, six times seven times one, um, that equals 42. But if you change any of those numbers to a zero, it's a zero. The result is zero. And that's terrible for your inspection business. So some inspectors, like I just talked to an inspector yesterday, and he doesn't have a website, right? That would be a zero. You got to have a website. And I, I, me, dummy me, I can build a website in just a few minutes actually for free. Um, I like Weebly, there's Wix, there's Squarespace, there's other things. Um, Even if you use like uh, Square, uh, that that Striker thing on your phone or something, they'll do a website for you. So you gotta have a website. You can't have any zeros. So watch out for any zeros in your business. To run a successful business, You could research the decision factors relevant to the needs of your potential clients, and you can find out what those decision factors are. Remember, we had a list of of things that people think of when they decide to purchase something or to hire someone. So you can use post-inspection customer surveys. I did that, I had them by hand, actually. I gave them uh, a card that helped them document their good feelings right after the inspection, right? And I kept it for myself, I archived it, and then I shared it with potential clients. You can ask clients directly, what do they need in order to align your services to their needs? Because some clients just want a summary of something wrong in their house to negotiate over and that's their need and you ought to align your services to meet that need. If you don't provide a summary, or cost estimates, or a way to, or just guesstimates, maybe you're not meeting your client's needs. If you are doing a five, six-hour home inspection, and that's not what your clients need, you're going to be left out, right? You're going to be not in, in harmony with your client's needs. You have to solve their problems. They got lots of problems. You have to figure out what those problems are. And then you can interview real estate agents, and we kind of show you how to do that in the masterclass as well. And all of this stuff, uh, I got from a, an article from the Harvard Business Review. Uh, if you don't know the Harvard Business Review, they have fantastic articles about business, small business, large corporations, management, marketing, business strategies, and resources. I highly recommend um, signing up for their newsletter. It comes out. It's free. Um, you can get the uh, really good one for like a dollar a month or something like that but Harvard Business Review. So I read it a lot. And then I converted uh, the information to something useful for the um, InterNACHI and InterNACHI School. And as you all know, InterNACHI School, internACHI.edu, it's a college now. And uh, we're coming up on our review uh, in order to extend our college accreditation. So you've all taken the masterclass, hopefully, uh, or you're all in it. And, um, and we can talk about that or um, anything else you all want to talk about because um, that's what the coaching session is all about, actually, just getting together and helping each other out. So anybody have any questions or you guys want to talk about anything or who needs a few things? Who needs, who needs a, a few answers to some
2: problems? Roger? Roger? I got lots of questions. Yeah, hit it. Um, on my website, I don't have a whole lot of my background. Um, I came from 28 years as an oil and gas landman. In those first two words, may uh, 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 in Colorado kick out half of my cl- clientele. Yeah, well. You know, my house
1: runs on, <laughs> on fuel. There's, <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that's another discussion. Well, you don't have to say oil and gas. You can, you can just talk about your, what did you do? What did you actually do? What is your,
2: I, worked right, I, I was the guy who, who worked directly with the landowners to uh, uh, find locations for wells and, and compensate them in the end, uh, uh, troubleshoot, keep the company, from doing stupid things uh, which was generally constant educating my my client or or my employer about what's really happening on on the ground yeah um you know my so yeah you, you, de- you have
1: decades of assessing a property and solving people's problems in an efficient manner so everyone gets to their goals without wasting a lot of time or money that's fantastic I mean, that's like 30 years of business management, right? So if you're hesitant about using uh, the word oil or fuel or, or uh, fracking or anything like that, I would be too. Those are hot, those are hot words that may not be necessary uh, in a marketing strategy, right? You have to find common ground in order to um, uh, market to numerous, the biggest pool of people. So in marketing... I think of it as a funnel. What you want to do is have that opening funnel as big as possible and then you kind of funnel into people into your pipeline, right? You always try to, marketing is all about capturing as big as possible your your net when you're fishing. So I wouldn't use a net that has a couple holes in it, right? i use a net that is- Reason um, I'm asking good. the question. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So yeah, don't use uh, oil and gas in your marketing, but you use the the skill sets, describe the skill sets that you have, you know, and you have 30 years of experience in that. I feel it's difficult for young folks. You know, I was 23 when I was doing home inspections and no one trusted me, right? Not, no one at all. I was just this little kid, right? And then I had to work really hard. So you're, you're, if I was competing with you and I was 20 something, yeah, I, I'd, have to th- I'd have to talk about something else. I have no experience. So you should blow me out of the water with your experience. That's an advantage, right? And then uh, <laughs> during class, I'll, t- I'll talk to the young uh, inspectors, and I'll sh- tell them exactly what to do you know, to turn their lemons into lemonade, right? Because they're young, right? Then they can, um, then they can communicate in ways that uh, other older uh, fellows like me uh, prefer not to, right? I like to talk to people face-to-face and on the phone, but the millennials, they love doing everything, every transaction by text or by a click of a button, right? They don't wanna to talk to anybody. Uh, or, uh, you know, you gotta have a presence online with Instagram and things like that. So there's, there's different ways to, 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 uh, turn, uh, to gain a competitive advantage using the things that you are and things that you uh, have done in the past, for sure.
2: What do you think? I think that's great. I, I, it's, it's a matter of putting those uh, skill sets into uh, happy words that uh, uh, people can't re- relate to, as you say. Yep. Yep. So
1: um, yeah, I would, I, would, uh, I would take about a half an hour tonight and write down the things that you've done in your past without saying your uh, job description or job title, right? Think about the description of your job. What were the actual things that you did in order to help solve problems? I also spent 12 years as a commercial property casualty agent. Oh yeah, yep. So it's all about assessing and making decisions and communicating in a better way, right? So you've done that for Decades. If you can get that down into three sentences, right, and then say it in front of a, a camera, that'd be really good. Make a little video, that'd be really good. 10 seconds, 15 seconds, just somebody, something out there. Bing. That'd be really good.
3: And I got a question for you. Is, yeah. Uh, I did follow, remember last time uh, when I asked you about the uh, inspection time and then you kind of posted your inspection timeline. Yeah. Just a couple times, it's coming around. So it didn't take me five hours this time. Give me about <laughs> three and a half hours for doing a 2,300 square feet. So it's it's getting better.
1: Good, good. Yeah,
4: but
3: the other question is that I do have a lot of uh, like, uh, Concern about realtors not getting back to me because I guess when I think about my own situation after the inspection, I never talk to inspectors. I think it's the same norm for realtors too that I try to get some feedback on when they, after they looked at my report and saying that, hey, I need some feedback on how I did. Uh, what's my report look like? How is it, how is it compared to others that you have seen before? Give me some feedback. It's like,
0: I have zero response from those things, you know? Yeah, Eric. I, I can answer that one. I, well, what I do is when I, when I turn over the report, I always give it to the, the client and then also give it to the realtor. If, you know, the client says, okay. And then I make immediately phone call to the realtor. And I say, yeah, I sent you the report. Here's what I found. I just give them a brief synopsis of the report and then I tell ask them hey in two days I like to get back with you go over any questions you have with the report and then I love your feedback on what you thought of my report that way I already have it scheduled.
3: You know because I give you an example Eric because that's exactly because I use a spectra as my software. Mm-hmm. So that like a spectra has an automatic email response going out. so I do call realtors and clients right after I release my report and I talk to uh, Realtors and I would like to get back to you in about a couple of days two or three days and ask you some feedback on my report, right And then an email goes out to remind them about what I just told them. And then one lady one, she responded me back and saying, I am um, s- subscribing you right now. Stop sending me an email. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this, you know? And again, like, whenever I talk to realtors, because uh, they want me to tell them what, what the uh, like uh, major problems are. So they do respond well after right after the inspection. That, and then I ask them, how do you like the report right now? It's like, it looks great. It's different than what they have seen before. And, after they digest it going through the fine comb and I try to ask them questions, I have a zero response.
1: Hmm. You know? Yeah, it, I like I like Eric's approach, you know, um, where you actually ask permission to communicate with them again.
0: And I never ask for feedback. I always ask, when I to reschedule that two days later, I'm scheduling to go over the report and ask, yeah because now it gives them two days of actually looking at the report before they turn in their repair list. So during that conversation, then I asked them at the very end, Hey, give me some, uh, you know, I'm big on criticized or, you know, different type of feedback. So let me know what, what did I do good and what did I do wrong on that report? What would you like to see in that report? And i I've never had a realtor say, well, I'm not going to go over that with you so uh i get a lot of good back i guess some criticism on mine and i guess a lot of good points on mine and realtors love that communication because we all know we work for the client that hired us but you're also working for the realtor too you want to be not necessarily on their side because you want to make sure that client's getting the full view of that home and the full aspect of that home and i want to make sure we're all on the same page.
3: Exactly, so that's what I'm trying to do because I guess I call that as a learning process each <laughs> of the authors that I meet. So I like to learn what their particulars are and it's, hard, it's kind of hard to find, you know? Right. How about following up with the so, client? Client is awesome because I call them right after I release the report and two days Actually the day and a half, because normally I release the report in the evening, and then I, not the following day, but the uh, next day I call in the, uh, during the morning time and see if they have any questions, you know. Yeah. They said they, said they like the report, you know, they like the thoroughness and everything, but <laughs> realtors is the one that's hard to get.
1: <laughs> well, how about asking them to speak to their, to their realtor about you? About their experience. If they had a great experience, maybe just ask them. Like when I'm asked a question, uh, ask for a favor. Like I'll do it. I just won't do somebody a favor unless I'm prompted. So maybe ask your clients to do you a favor and speak well of your services to their agent. That would really help you
0: out. Absolutely. and One of the big things, Ben, I found that you know everybody says you have to adapt and change with the times. So what I do now that has worked for me in the last two and a half months is I now send out a Zoom meeting request to the client and to the realtor to go over the entire report. Mm. So now I have both of them together, the client and the realtor on on one computer call. And that's been working great. I've actually had other realtors jump on uh, Mm. because from the same company trying to learn what I do. You know, I've gotten a new realtors out of the, uh, like Simeon. I had four Simeon realtors jump on at the same time, just because I was the only inspector that did this type of thing for them. And they really, really appreciated it. And That's now it. I have four new, uh, realtors that are calling me. So. Yep.
1: I like I've, that. Heard, I've heard the same thing. I've heard home inspectors say that they're inviting agents to a quick Zoom meeting in order to go mm. over something.
2: Yeah, 10 or minutes left. Confirm
1: something. Yeah.
2: Mm.
1: Yep. And they they click the button and they go on. Yeah. So. Okay. Yep. I'll try that
3: next time uh, I do an inspection. Uh,
1: yeah. You can share your screen and go over the report line by line or just the summary or whatever. Yeah. Or just yep. a particular photo. Yeah. I've heard that from other inspectors.
3: Mm. And, uh, the other one is like you just mentioned that my marketing strategy was not only on the digital side, but I go to visit open houses on the weekend and then I meet the new realtors. That's how I got most of my business and still these days, you know, Yep. but, uh, now I'm trying to expand it. I'm trying to get them to invite me over to their meeting. How do I need to start that? You know, Mm -hmm.
1: yep. Uh, I've had inspectors share that they are um, reaching out to realtors using Instagram and messaging uh, on their Instagram account, Um, just striking up a conversation, very short, sweet comments or requests. And then, um, let's see, what was his name? I can't remember the home inspector's name. But he, he just said that he's been asking real estate agents out for coffee, um, but not actually meeting up, (laughs) but just starting that conversation. Hey, would you like to meet up with a cup of coffee? And that starts the conversation he says.
3: Oh, okay. That's what I do. Could normally, so after coming back from the open house, I send an introduction email out to all the people that I met and then Two days later, the Tuesday or Wednesday, I stopped making a phone call to them, follow-up phone calls, yep. and asked them to meet in person. So far, I had about ten of them. I met up with them over coffee, talked about what I do, show my report, <laughs> and stuff like that. Yep. It's been really great, you know.
1: Wait, let buy. Uh, <laughs> just the coffee. You buy that coffee. You make sure you buy that coffee.
2: <laughs>
1: Insist.
0: What I've done, um, I got a, actually a whole group of uh, realtors. Of uh, this complex, had 50 realtors in it, and I think most of them use me now. Uh, I'm either their number one or number two. So, what I do is I keep a uh, I keep a business card caddy kind of like this one, just <laughs> full of realtor business cards, and then I pull out one card a week or every other week. I call that realtor up and say, "Hey, look, you won my Instagram contest. Nobody knew about it, but <laughs> you, get, you now get ba- you now get bagels for your entire group. How many people do you have at your office?" And then I don't even show up. I just hand deliver or have a delivery company deliver these bagels to their Heck next yeah. meeting. Heck yeah! And um, You know, I have a big thank you sign on the box. that says, hey, these bagels are uh, courtesy of Precision Home Inspections. Uh, For your next inspection, try try me out. Enjoy breakfast.
1: That is killer. That is working leads. That's a rare skill. That's that's rare that I hear a home inspector working leads from grabbing business cards. We used to grab them all um, and take them off the kitchen counter. And then we realized
0: we could just take a picture. And leave them there uh, well, I, like, I'm not Ben. I'm not that millennial I'm, a, I'm one of the old guys like you so <laughs> I it,
3: this is a stack of business guy that I collected last two months right now I still have
0: I still have, yeah, I still have a I still have a card caddy that I, a relative that I can yeah. phone numbers in
1: yep yeah those are the leads it's in the leads uh you know Glenn Gary Glenn Ross that's a great movie if you ever if you haven't watched it ABC Yeah, ABC, always be closing. Always be working that that pipeline. Because you have to have a huge pipeline. You have to have a huge funnel opening in order to have what? Whatever your goal is every month. 10, 15 jobs, 20 jobs. It's almost like a factor of 10 or 20. You have to to contact, talk with, touch 100 people in order to convert. What, 10, 20%? 80-20 Eighty twenty 20 rules. That's what yeah. I heard. Yep, that's what it is.
0: I do a lot of marketing hey, Sa- to mortgage companies also. I get a lot of business from mortgage companies.
1: Yep. Yep. So right hey, Saan, now- You mentioned-
0: Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, ben, go ahead.
1: No, go ahead, Habiz.
4: Sam, you mentioned earlier that you, had a, that you attend a lot of digit open houses. Um, how and where is that? I've never heard of that at all. I can Google it up, but um, if you- no, uh, like, um,
3: real estate agent they do uh, you, know, uh, you know one of their marketing strategy is to do show the house
5: right. in real
3: you know <clears throat> that called the open house and then these days after the markets economy has opened up they start uh, they started the open houses again where i am yep. so that only happens on the weekend you know, it rarely happens during the day uh, during the weekdays so my weekend is like a uh, there's a certain hour they open, so like 11 to two or sometimes. Two, right, right. You know, stuff like that. You gotta find.
4: Oh, my, I guess I misunderstood you. I thought you meant like, visit, like like a like an online open house rather than a, a physical open house. That's kind of what I was. Um,
3: no, no to. No, no, so no. I
4: misunderstood you there. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, yeah I misunderstood you there. Right, right, right.
3: Just like Ben said, because like I most of you. the people that comes out, to the open house, most of the agent that comes out to the open house is uh, like a new newer people, right. you know, because I'm in the market that is already already existing uh, home inspectors has like over 30, I mean, over 300 inspectors around here. So mm-hmm. in order to find a niche, I gotta, I gotta go after those newbies, you know. Right, right,
4: right. So but the question I have for you, Ben, is so... I've had, um, some of my leads have been uh, three realtors for the past three months or so. And one of them um, is just brand new. And she was using a gentleman before and she decided to try me out. She's actually my neighbor, right? My third or fourth house down. (laughs) And she tried me out. So, but that was my first paid inspection. And of course I was nervous during that time, but I provided a solid, you know, I think solid home uh, uh, report. Um so now that I've had some experience what I wanted to do was kind of reintroduce myself to her that this is now cuz now I have a a you know a home gauge I'm using home gauge software I have an iOS device and I have online reporting and um I think I'm a little bit more experienced now so I just kind of wanted to reintroduce myself to her again like this is all what I do and I just kind of wanted to get like a 2 minutes punch you know quick hitters that'll make her go oh okay I see you've improving this that and that area okay, let me try you out again that was kind of uh, my uh my first question to you and to the you know to the other uh, gentleman there and the tips was greatly appreciated
1: yeah i i i loved dropping a note to agents and giving them a, an update on what we're doing we're always improving our inspection company hiring somebody new having a new equipment Adding, I remember just the infrared, adding infrared and then telling all my agents we're adding infrared. That just, that just skyrocketed our business. So if you're doing something that makes your reports easier to read and, and uh, clearer to understand, like using HomeGage or um, using a mobile device in order to capture data quicker or something or produce a report faster. Um, I forgot your third thing that you had, but yeah, having something of value to, to drop uh, just a note, um, just to keep in touch with those good right. clients. And man, if you're, if I, I have a real estate agent, uh, she lives right there. Um, my neighbor, you know, and my neighbor knows I'm a home inspector. In fact, my entire neighborhood knows that I'm the inspector. Um, they know my truck. They know I, I drive the home inspection truck. They know that I'm the inspector. My wife and my kids t- tell everybody that I'm the inspector um, I'm not even the home inspector anymore, right? Uh, I do home inspections with a camera following me to produce training videos, but everybody knows that I'm the inspector. My next my next span, uh, my next like spin around the neighborhood is if anybody has any problems, I'll come over, right? If you've mm. got a roof leak, I got a moisture meter and infrared, right? So you can just stop, start to drop those hints to your agents and also your neighbors, right? That, Right. I'm the fella who you should call if your dishwasher's leaking. probably a gasket, but let me take a look at it. Who knows where that will leak, right? right. If you're doing it on the weekend, you're out and about anyway, stop watching TV, you know, except when football starts. You can't mess around with football. got to have football <laughs> time. But you're always selling. You're always talking. And I just enjoy home inspection so much. I'm always just looking at everyone's stuff. I go around the neighborhood and I look for um, clogged dryer vents. And I tell the person, hey, you got something going on here, you know? So it's always, I don't know, I just love it. I just love being an inspector and talking about inspections. Right. And if you've got something new to say, wow, that's okay. you know, that's golden. If you have nothing to say, that sucks. What are, you gonna, so what are you gonna how are you gonna keep in contact with agents, right? Right. right. So yeah. yeah. Because I was
4: uh Go yeah, ahead. because I was wondering because I wanted to do like your refresh email or text blast. And, and one thing that I did do, I did that biz, biz, um, uh, that biz market from Internachi, mm. And a gentleman from Inspect Media um, had reached out to me. Um, and I guess they were, you know, uh, you know probably um, uh, market my business on Facebook and Instagram moving forward. So I was going to do a new campaign. So I was kind of waiting a little bit before I reached out to my neighbor because I wanted to reach out to her and other prospective realtors too as well. I just rode my bike around the neighborhood. I started seeing some for sale sign and I started getting phone numbers. And my idea was to just, okay, the next 10 numbers that I see here, I wanted to do an introduction to those guys as well. But perhaps I should reach out to my neighbor first because she gave me my first business. And I just, you know, I guess I didn't want to mix the personal relationship with the business. So I was kind of giving her her distance, but I'm just going to just go out and just uh, send her that this new, Information, I guess, is uh, what I'm getting from you guys. Just gotta keep talking about it. That's what I'm getting.
0: Eric,
1: okay. you had something to say? Oh, sorry, we lost Eric. His Eric's video it just freezes. Oh. Yeah, it just froze. It's frozen. Eric, you were gonna say something?
0: Yeah. Can you hear me now?
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Sorry about that. This internet. I think I have all my. I have five kids. That are probably all on the internet right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> right here. So, uh, but two of my biggest marketing, the things that I do now, um, one, I put door hangers on all the houses I see for sale so, but during my downtime. Uh, I'm not door knocking. I'm not doing any of that. I just put a door hanger on, uh, and it just basically introduces myself and I have a $10 off coupon on a home inspection. If they decide to use me and they have to have that flyer with them. So uh, how do you make it? Huh?
1: How do you make
0: it I make it right here on my computer and you cut it out. Yeah, I have a program that does does it.
4: what's the name of that program Eric. Uh,
0: I have no idea. You
4: just send it to us later, I guess. Yeah,
0: I have to look at it. (laughs) it I've I've been using it for uh, a guy that that owns a uh, company that does signs. Uh, He gave me it. So, okay, uh, okay. I get supplies from him. So, and that that company is called Envoy and they do uh, marketing promotions here in Louisville, Kentucky. But the the next biggest thing that I do uh, every Sunday, I go to a couple of Kroger stores. That's a grocery store here. I'm sure y'all got them around. And I go to the floral department where they do the balloons and I give the, the head of the floral department, say, here's 50 bucks. Uh, any realtor that comes in and gets balloons, put my card on it and say, this is a complimentary from me. You don't have to pay today. And uh, I've gotten a lot of business off of that. Today. It's a $2 balloon that they put on their open house and it's worked huge for me. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Eric, I know That's this is a... Uh, excellent. I know this is the coaching section with Ben, but man, we need to uh, stay in touch
1: with
0: you. you know <laughs> I <man>? know. <laughs> well, Eric should
1: be leading the
0: meeting here. I, I, I'm only on, you know, I, I really love the master class, Ben. is teaching me Good. a lot. Good. Uh, I, I listened to a lot of your old YouTube videos. Good. Uh, and my, my goal is I want to be a $100,000 company.
4: I'm yeah.
0: Nowhere near that yet. So um, it's, it's constantly growing, constantly learning. In my downtowns when I'm not doing inspections, I'm on something like this, where I'm learning something, yeah. and I keep cool. adding. And I have goals, so every couple of months, I add a new auxiliary uh, thing. My next one is going to be uh, probably thermal imaging or sewer scope,
1: mm.
0: uh, and that type. One thing I can't add on in Kentucky is termite, because you got to have crazy licensing for that. So. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a progress. I've been this is my I'm going into my fourth year, and every year I've built, so I've never had a downturn.
3: This is what I did for termite here in Florida. I have to have a license to uh, to do the WDO inspection. So, but in you know, order for me to get the license, I had to go work for somebody for three years even before taking the exam. So, what I did was I found. Uh, couple of different termite inspectors there are that I recommend like, like, from other inspection companies here I partner with them so whenever I hear about VA loans uh, like when I talk to realtors about the inspection I ask them what kind of loan they are I, their clients gonna get and I, if I hear VA or FHA and they then most likely they need a termite inspection. I just drop the names and say, hey, you don't have to set up the termite inspection. I got a good guy, a well-known company that I'm partnering with. So like, if you want to use them, I could give you the phone number so, they, so that they don't have to go out of their way to find another termite inspector. So, so I did, I picked, I, that's what I've been spreading. So I picked up, I, I, so it's good for business uh, practice as well too, it's like a referral to your partners, to, I did about seven of them so far to refer to the termite inspections. you know? Yep. And uh, those realtors know that, that like, if they call me that I can set up the termite inspection for them at the same time I do the inspection so they don't have to show up at different
1: time either. Hey, Seng, um we got the Florida Department of Agriculture to say a home inspector, upon observing some apparent WDO damage during the home inspection, can state that he or she observed damage to wood or the structure, but the inspector cannot state that it was due to a WDO organism. As long as they're not diagnosing I, this condition or stating that it's due to termites or some other pest, you're okay. So yes, I, inspection. Yeah.
3: I read that too, because uh, that was the first thing I looked up when I joined the internet was, I want to be a one-stop shot for yeah. the realtors, so I looked at uh, termite, I looked at mold, you know. So I use that term, like I use a, micro, a microbial for, uh, for the, the mold. And yeah. then uh, termite, I just said that pest infestation is more than likely that yeah. you want, want to get a spe- uh, professional on that, that's what I do.
1: Yeah, and everybody, and uh, every home inspector should be doing infrared. I mean, it's just like a flashlight, in my opinion. Don't worry about levels or all, you know, fancy certifications. You gotta know what you're looking at for sure because it's completely different. It doesn't make any sense sometimes what you're looking at. Um, and it could really screw you up if you use your mouth without knowing what you're looking at. Um, so, but everybody should use infrared. I mean, if you, could fig- if you can find the investment, just a few hundred bucks, you can get a, like a FLIR camera for several hundred dollars um, and then just tell everybody that you use.
5: It's really, really good. That's really a, good. I was going to ask a question um, about yep. uh, videos. I don't know if y'all can hear yeah. me. Uh, Roger. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> short videos, maybe setting up a YouTube account. Um, I just believe that the videos to really catch people's attention. Um, how do y'all feel about that? And I mean, it's like, Maybe one minute if you're doing, say, the exterior of the home, pointing something out, and it's not necessarily to be teaching them about the home. It's space time. Yep.
1: Well, I are you asking me,
5: Richard? Uh, you? Anyone else? Yeah. Maybe anyone, someone else has use that.
4: I'll uh, I'll jump on what uh, what you said there, um, uh, Rich. I think in one of Ben's uh, YouTube videos, you mentioned doing a quick 10, 20 second uh, video, and you can even use that book the, now that you've had your home inspected. <laughs> there are tons of materials in there. So, <laughs> so I'm so glad that you asked that question, uh, Richard, because I was about to ask the same thing. And I just did one really quick around basement moisture, what you do for moisture, and the areas to look at. I have not. Posted it yet because I'm not 100% sure if I wanted to post it yet. So, great question there, Richard. So, I'm just piggybacking on what you said. And, I'm, and I was following Brent's comments and I'm using that book. And I'll throw it back out okay. <laughs> there.
3: Before I post any video, yeah, I, there
5: you go. <laughs> I read this
4: phone
3: and I regurgitate what it says on this book on, on the yeah. video. Yeah.
0: Wait, InterNACHI to send me mine. I just ordered a uh, whole bunch of those books, custom made for my business.
1: Good. Hey, if you have any trouble, you yell at me, and I'll yell at them. Okay?
0: They said they're supposed to be out next week. So.
1: Okay. Okay.
4: And uh, Richard, I don't know if you used it. Like Sang said, he just regurgitated what's in that book. So I just downloaded a, a teleprompter software, and I just typed in my notes in there. Right, and then and then you just using the iPhone teleprint, I can just record the video, just pretty much just reading it because, you know, uh, I can just read verbatim what's in that book, and that does the job for me. But once again, I have not posted it yet. But once again, it still goes back to Ben, and how strongly you, um, you know, you suggest us using that. Okay, thank you. Right there.
3: okay i got
4: it i think you're on mute
3: mute.
1: oh sorry 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 so yeah i've got a a teleprompter app uh on my phone um i've used it for a while but it's very easy i mean you can just type whatever you want to say and you don't have to try to remember you're not an actor uh you know try to remember your lines and um uh you know I use other resources like I just mentioned the Harvard business review and there's so many stats on real estate agents getting online cause there's nothing else to do for some of them. And so uh, you know, what are they doing? You know, they're watching little videos and where are they? They're online, Instagram, Facebook, you know, no one reads anymore. No, nobody reads anymore. No one reads and no one reading your, your uh, inspection report, by the way, So I just had uh, Alan Carson from Carson Dunlop, they do Horizon, uh, Spectora. Uh, Every software provider says that no one really reads your report. Um, But they do read the summary and they take action on the summary and they do look at the pictures and watch the video. So you may want to consider that. Video is powerful.
0: I question if they read the summary sometimes. after what I've been dealing with lately with one of them. So it's been a mess. And if you, Richard, if
1: you do a video, um, you know, uh, the marketing folks, experts tell me, you got to figure out who you're talking to. Like, are you talking to other home inspectors and try to like uh, one them up? Uh, uh, or um, are you talking to potential clients, existing clients, real estate agents? You know, as soon as you understand who you're talking to, then you just talk to your friend who's looking to buy a home, right? And you want to say that, you know, you found this, you know, not all homes have bad problems, but some do. And if you hire me, I can find this one just like this. And maybe you, you show them a problem and it doesn't have to be like uh, scary, right? It can just be like, you know, home maintenance kind of thing. Maybe something more difficult than uh, cleaning your gutters, you know? And that's what you want to, uh, want to know before you buy your first home.
5: Uh, one suggestion I guess since everybody's given uh, uh, tips um, that I do is when I get the appointment, I pull up the listing, of course get the details from the listing on the home itself, but then I'll also uh, take the listing agent's information down, text them, and there's always going to be a question typically about the home. I just bypass the buyer's agent in order to make a touch with the listing agent, because while they're the listing agent now they could be the buyer's agent on the next one. So I'm trying to make not only the buyer agent contact, but the other, the other one involved. For sure. It's simple. It's just usually a a text. Um, I may get a phone call. I may have repeated texts with them. Like I had on the home the other day where the water was turned off. And I texted them, would it be okay to turn the valve on? Is it safe? I don't know if anything's going to become of that, but as y'all mentioned, um, the more times you reach out and make yourself known, you know, the more likelihood that your name is going to maybe pop up or maybe they take your name down and your number when it pops up in their phone and they make you a contact person. You just don't know. There's so much uncertainty to all this, but, uh,
1: on well, every transaction, there's a ton of people that you're bumping up against, right? There's a, there's a real estate agent for the buyer, real estate agent for the seller. There's the, your client, and there's the homeowner. And there's a, f- a few other people that you may bump, on, bump into. It could be a property manager. It could be an office manager for a particular office who knows other agents. And there's family members sometimes on the weekends, you know. And, uh, and, and there's, a, there's a huge number of people that you can com- come in contact with. So uh, in our business, we actually tracked how many sellers we convinced to hire us, right? Not every seller, because sometimes they're moving out of, out of the state or out of the, out of the zone, you know, and I can't get there. I can't go to the next city. But um, if they're just moving within, you know, 20, 30 miles, they're my client. They're my potential client. And they're right there. Uh, they may not be present at the inspection, but man, they are going to know that I was in their home. I'm going to leave something behind. I usually left a gift. It was uh, at least a business card or an offer or it was candy. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, every seller was a potential client. And man, I, there's, you know, imagine not taking that lead. I'm sure Eric does, right? I'm sure Eric uh, goes on that lead because we're in the kitchen of someone who is not only just selling their home, but they, they have to move and buy a home right? So, and I'm in their kitchen. If I don't take advantage of that opportunity, I'm just, uh, I'm not a good business owner.
0: I even leave a business card in vacant homes. Yeah. Yep. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, I never never understood about leaving a business card in the attic. I mean, what the the heck was that? Did you ever ever get that? A home inspector left a business card like in a crawl space or something like, all right, big deal. Like you're here. That doesn't help your business. I don't care.
0: Hey oh, oh well. Ben, I I tell you, I I found a, a a home inspector who's well known in this area. I won't mention names. Uh he left his business card behind the dead front in the panel and it was scorched in parts <laughs> oh. of it. Oh and the 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 uh the buyer's agent was standing there when I pulled the dead front off. I was like, Oh my gosh, look at that. And the realtor goes, I used to use that guy all the time. <laughs>
1: So, used to that's the key word used to. Used to. <laughs>
0: but the, one of the big things that, that I get a kick out of is been I used uh, you know this this bedroom is now monster free when when I know there's a little kid in that room yeah and I tell you what I I left one of those on a doorknob in a, a house that was still occupied and it looked like it was a little girl that stayed in this room so I left this sign well, they called me up and said they just fired their other home inspector because they loved the monster sign and the little girl was worried about monsters in the new home. So, <laughs> I got that inspection too, just for just leaving that on a doorknob.
1: And you never know. You never know. <laughs>
3: I do use your own, uh, like I downloaded that uh, leave behind the letter. I kind of like that. It shows me what I do. So... Like every time I do inspection, I take my shoes off and change it, change it out to the indoor shoes or just use my socks to go around. So people love that. So ever since I heard the first comment, I downloaded uh, the, your leave behind uh, letter with my business card uh, staple, so that people kind of got the good feedback on that one too.
1: Yeah, when we would hire new inspectors, you know, we, we'd we put them on the simple stuff, windows, doors, interior, and and things like that and we made sure that that inspector respected that house so well that when you when you would approach that inspector it would be like like the, you know right. they'd be quiet and they'd be respectful and they'd be moving they weren't like opening and closing doors and going real fast it was nice and slow and respectful they weren't slamming the cabinets you know so yeah slipping on the shoes uh was a really good idea that we had a long time ago and just, yeah. you don't, we don't even wear outdoor shoes inside the home. You know, we bring right. our slippers in, you know.
4: I had a client, I um, she told me to uh, put on the, you know, the coverall, the cover shoes. And I uh, immediately told her, I said, I do have these indoor shoes that I normally uh, wear and I make sure I never use it anywhere else, but indoors. But, you know, for your respect, I will I'll still put uh, the coverall on it too yeah, as well, sure. you know. I don't yeah. want to go back and forth, but yeah, uh, absolutely. I have one question regarding marketing. Uh, this company uh, called, I don't know if anybody has used them, Inspect Media. Has, does anybody know about them at all? Have you used them?
1: Inspect
0: Media, well, let me see.
4: Inspect Media.
0: Is that the one that are offering two videos for
4: $49.99? They were
0: offering
4: uh, $100 per month to promote your business, home inspection business on Facebook and two ninety nine for Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and then four ninety nine for all of those three, including
0: oh,
1: Google
4: Analytics.
0: Yeah, that's Eric Armico. Oh, Inspector yeah, Media. Yes,
1: yeah, Inspector, Inspector Media. Inspector
4: Media, yes, yes, yeah, Inspector Media.
1: Yeah, that's my nephew. Well, okay. it's not his company. He works for the company. He's one of the people who does all the marketing stuff, right?
4: Okay, all right, good. Uh, I just wanted I would, to make sure they were, go ahead.
1: Yep. Uh, I would contact him. If you want to include me in the conversation, feel free. Um, if you ever have any problems, that's why I always do it. Whenever there's like a family member or inspector outlet, that's my nephew too. That's Nikolai. Um, let's see, Alicia, my wife. I think his name newsletter. was Daniel.
4: Yeah, Daniel yeah. something was his name. The so guy who contacted me.
1: if you have any problems with uh, anybody uh, related to the internet, you you be sure to get me. Um, no
4: problem at all. I contacted them. Uh, I signed up with them last week Monday for the entry level Facebook only, and yep. I was just curious. I'm like, okay, I need to start seeing some traction here, and uh, I just thought it was gonna be three days, and he told me about five to seven days. So I just wanted yep. to uh, ask the general gentleman here if you've used them before. And thank you, Ben, for for uh, yep. you know for letting me know about them. So I feel better right now about it. So good, excellent.
3: I got a uh, one question for you because uh, uh, the one of the real estate agent that asked me if I wanted to do a new in, uh, new build, I said sure. I get, that's what I used to do when I was in the military, inspecting the new construction for contractors, right? I have no problem inspecting it, but at the same time, the uh, the builder sent me an email saying that like insurance and a license and all that. That's good. He asked me to send a report to them directly after two days of inspecting. That kind of catches, catches my eyes. Did you have that experience? If you did, how do you handle that? Because they're not gonna pay, they're not paying me. My clients are paying me for their report.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll let the other guys uh, answer, but you have to be careful with the information you gather for what client. So, you know, my client was the person paying for the information. And I submitted that information to my client who was paying me and I don't care what other requests I got. I would just tell him my client is this person. They have the information that you seek. Go contact them.
3: Okay. I didn't think that's the way I I was going to approach it, but I just want to confirm that because I don't want to deal with a third party using my report and coming back to me and all that stuff, you know?
1: right? Any other questions? You want to talk about anything? Any needs? You know, you can always email me too. You can just email me any questions or if you can't find any, anything or if you're having problems with something in particular, um, we're starting to put together more of these mentoring coaching sessions with not just me, but other mentors. So we have a mentoring program and coaches. And I think uh, it's coming up soon. There's a couple, couple mentoring sessions um, uh, coaching sessions with, um, me and a couple other folks, uh, experts in the industry. But if you ever need any help, you be sure to reach out to somebody It could be me or someone. Yeah, John.
6: So I've got a question. I haven't, you know, I've, I've gone through the schooling and all that. I haven't even started a business yet. Um, so I'm still new to this whole home inspection stuff. I used to work in construction. Is it worth getting, um, a blower door test? Um, certification and uh, lead test certification as well.
1: Anybody want to take that? I have an answer, but anybody want to take it? Well, I was uh, EPA lead, uh, certified as a lead hazard risk assessor and I thought it was dumb until I started making a lot of money. Um, lead hazard risk assessors have more, powerful, more power than the police when it comes to protecting children. So you go into a home, you use some baby wipes, 10 minutes later, you're done with the inspection, send the slabs, uh, send the wipes out to a lab. They tell you if there's lead in the dust that you wiped on the window and on the floor. And I usually did this, offered this on old homes where I knew that there was gonna be lead paint. And then you can see the windows are just scraping and creating powder and dust all over the floor. Um, th- I sold those for like 600 bucks for like 15 minutes of work because mm-hmm. I was uniquely certified by the government to do that and they still have that program. The blower door stuff, uh, I-, I think that's good for um, new homes that are trying to reach a certain energy efficiency and they're gonna do a pressurized test. Otherwise builders have these alternatives according to code. Like if you don't want to do the pressure test, you can add, you can uh, demonstrate that you have extra insulation uh, and uh, weatherization techniques uh, applied somewhere in order to get that energy efficiency and meet that code requirement. Um, so uh, it costs thousands of dollars to do a blower door. They're hard to rent and the, there isn't much demand. I never heard of much demand for them unless you're in some kind of niche uh, where you know new homes are being built right next to you, and they all need lower door tests. Um, I'd rather spend that money on marketing, um, uh, printed marketing, uh, an infrared camera, something that has a quick return. Hmm. Makes sense.
6: And the other thing is, do you have to be certified to use infrared?
1: No, there. Um, there's no law. There's no regulation. On using infrared um, okay. so it's basically uh, exposing yourself for using a tool that uh, requires you to be trained in interpreting what you see so a flashlight is easy uh, we all can, uh, we all understand how a flashlight works it illuminates something but an infrared camera it's just like a flashlight it helps you see things that you wouldn't normally be able to see without it but to interpret what you're looking at take some experience. So I would, I'm the school of hard knocks kind of person, right? We have online training and I've done some videos and that's really all you need. But if you buy one, use it on your home and you'll start to realize, oh, this is how it really works, right? You can, you can fake yourself, uh, you know, throw some water in the corner and let it sit there for a little bit and see how uh, it's uh, cool in the beginning. And then it starts to absorb the same uh, air temperature, and then it disappears after like an hour, right? And yet it's still wet according to your moisture meter. So, and, or turn it towards the glass <coughs> of your window. You can see yourself, right? Um, it's not hot, you know. So there's a lot of weird things that happen uh, with an infrared that you need to really have that hands-on experience doing. So I would crash and burn with your house and with your, maybe your neighbor's house, your family's house, Take the online courses, watch the videos, but man, infrared! Every home inspector should have infrared. Everybody should use infrared. It's so good. You could scan an entire uh, room in just a minute, and then you know, like sometimes defects just jump out at you. And now, that's you- just the marketing thing too. So, yeah, with an infrared, you can see things that other home inspectors can't. I mean, why would I hire a home inspector who just carries a flashlight?
6: Yeah. So you charge extra for infrared then?
1: Uh, There's two ways to skin that cat. I never did. So I use it just as a flashlight. I actually gave it to my clients at the inspection. I put my hand on the wall and let them scan it. And then they realized what was going on. It was really cool. It's a shock and awe. And then uh, I just raised my fees because of what we talked about earlier in this coaching session about providing overwhelming value. So that overwhelming value was me using infrared and uh, increase, not not charging for it, right? But just um, increasing the value of my core service so that I could charge more. If I can't increase the value of my core service, my price is going to be stagnant. And I didn't want that. I wanted that uh, Eric's goal of hitting 100,000, right? Uh, I, and I did that by... We just tried to figure out how are we going to overwhelm these people with uh, things that don't cost much, but we can raise our fees for. Yeah. But the other way is like my best friend, uh, Will Decker, he's in Chicago. And when things took a a dump in the home inspection uh, industry market, um, he grabbed his infrared camera and started doing thermal scans. And he now makes more money doing them than home inspections. So um, it, it all depends on what you want to do. You, you can split it off. But for me, uh, I made a lot of money just adding on value.
4: Hey, Ben, quick question for you. So your friend, Will Decker, you say he's in Chicago. I'm from Chicago. Is there a way you can yeah. uh,
1: mentor locally here? Yeah, <laughs> he's a mentor. He's an instructor. He's uh, part of okay. the uh, Chicago chapter. Uh, the current president is Jeff Merritt. Um, you should reach out to him, yeah. Okay.
4: Um, I'll email you about contact later.
1: He's, the a, other quest- he's a great man. He's like seven feet tall. He's Uh-oh. he's huge. He's a huge fella, just l- the largest man I've uh, I know. He's like a giant, a literal giant, walking around, and he wears a fluorescent orange shirt.
4: Oh wow! <laughs> I'll email you about. I'll, I'll email you to get his contact. Uh, we'll get <laughs> her. The other question I have, and that's for everybody, is for. Do you post your prices on the website? I've heard mm-hmm. pros and cons around that.
1: What do y'all yep. think? Yeah. Well, my personal opinion is um, I, I like to tell everybody, uh, I, I wanna know how much the pizza costs before I order it. I don't wanna have to call the pizza shop yep. and tell them what's, what toppings I want. And then at the end of this conversation, they're gonna tell me what it costs. I mean, it, for me, it is just ridiculous. Yeah. I am not going to uh, pick a burger place, drive all the way there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then they tell me what the cost is. And then I have to make a decision whether it's worth it or not. Right. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't. And to have that kind of sales on the phone or by text or email, convincing somebody who's, who's really just price shopping. Yep. So um, I'd rather tell everybody my price um that's my price i mean I can't, I can't really come down because i've already calculated uh how much i need to make in order to um have a good life and pay my bills and make some profit and go on vacation um and do good things in the world so that's my base price and if you can't if you can't hire me for my base price then um i don't want you to call me and waste my time i have to find those clients who find so much value in my service that they're willing to pay my price which is like, I start, you know, so we, we were at 396 bucks. And then we went up after that, if it was a bigger house, far away and old, and then we would add on, but everybody knew my base price. So when that phone rang, uh, it was basically me just confirming that, yep, I've got the best burger in town and I'm re I'm ready to schedule with you.
4: All right. That's, that's, that's my school of thought. And, uh, if you're price shopping, then somebody once told me that if they're price shopping and they are probably going to be the ones to give you the most problems anyway. Yep. Um, so I just, so I just left it on there. You've mentioned infrared camera as yep. an overwhelming value. I've just kind of slowed. I just haven't purchased it yet. And only because my inspection time and report is still taking me a little bit longer that I would like for it to do. So, um, and I'm just afraid that if I add infrared camera to that, it might take me a little bit longer, but I do see the uh, the great benefit of adding it. So, um, but like Sang, or oh, I don't want to call you out again, Sang, but like Sang mentioned earlier about inspection time, mine is still taking me a little bit longer. And I guess it's just going to come with time to start to lessen that inspection time. Like I said, I'm just, you know, three to six months that I've been in the business. so taking a little bit longer and i hope to really shut that down but i see the huge value in that it's just a differentiator yep
1: yep yeah there's some you know, cheap ones out there there's the iphone i don't know what device you use but there's one iphone yeah. flir one you know you yeah, plug it I in the bottom that. there's a couple of other ones but you don't have to get an infrared you can just use uh there's other types of devices that i use like um the laser thermometer you know you can you can shoot that, oh, on, I the, that. on the duck work. yeah yep Yep. So any, anything that, um, and then, you know, it's not just uh, anything that you use that's special, like an infrared camera or uh, a laser thermometer, right? Or a GFCI tester or, or, or tools or, of some kind or a ladder or, or, or shoes or, something, or a hat or that you use. Make sure you tell people uh, in your marketing about it, right? So in, in our marketing, like we used to take pictures of our, our Vans we had three vans, ladder racks, big ladders on the top, right? And that was part of our marketing because we, we just didn't, uh, it's like using a home maintenance book, like saying, uh, put up, right? You don't, you don't give that to your clients as uh, like icing on the cake after the home inspection, right? The whole, the real point of using the home maintenance book or any other thing, tool or marketing piece is to get a job right? You use it upstream. You use it way upstream. Marketing is all about upstream. So if you get an infrared camera, it isn't about actually, um, it, it has something to do with you doing a good home inspection, but it's really about going way upstream, telling everybody that you use an infrared camera or that you offer a free home maintenance book on every home inspection so that you can get potential clients, yeah. right? You never wait for the punch. Yeah. You, you swing, you tell everybody who you are and what you do. Because who knows what is attractive? It's those, what we mentioned before, right? Those decision factors. If someone's looking for a home inspector who uses infrared, you better tell them way upstream that you use infrared. Don't wait until after they've hired you. It's almost like, eh, you know,
2: whatever. Okay. Hey, John, uh, back to your, your lead thing. I got a buddy who is a uh, remodeler, and uh, I was talking to him the other day, and he's just fussing all the time about asbestos and lead, whether or not uh, I, I inspected for that. You know, no, I don't have the certifications yet, but you bet I'm going to get that because there's money right there sitting on the table. Yeah.
6: Well, I know because I've seen. it. I don't know if you guys are members with on Facebook for the InterNACHI group, and it's just it's amazing in how a lot of the inspectors out there always question well do you think this is lead or do you think this is asbestos it's like well you if you don't know you don't be calling it out you really need to know beforehand um it just it's common sense i mean you can't just ask someone hey is this is this asbestos well if you don't know what makes you think they're gonna know yeah depending on the age of the house yeah you can probably figure it out that way but in your report you still can't call it out because you don't know and you're not certified in it but no i I mean, it makes sense just to get certified in both of those just, I mean, like Ben said, he made $600 a pop for 15 minutes just to wipe down for lead. I mean, that's sadly to say, it's easy money. Yeah.
4: Does Internet offer the lead certification class or you had to find out through the state?
1: What, What was that?
4: Does Intonacci offer a lead certification class as well?
1: Um, We offer training on it. I've got a really good video about um, being a lead hazard risk assessor. It's a training video. If you can't find it, just just email me. But you got to go to your state. Um, You could, um, I have the link where you could find your state office and ask them how how you become an EPA certified lead hazard risk assessor. And um, uh, I think it's still required. Uh, Back when I got certified, it was a five-day class. Three days was silly. Three days, you can become a, a paint inspector, a certified paint inspector, right? Lead paint inspector. And for the extra two two days and, and like a hundred dollars, you can pay. You can be that paint inspector's supervisor, right? That's a lead hazard risk assessor. So as a lead hazard risk assessor, you could you could uh, you could hire paint inspectors and tell them what to do. And I was like, well, I think I'll do that, right? As a lead paint inspector, you can't actually diagnose or assess or communicate your findings. You need someone else who has a, a higher certification to do that for you. So I didn't want to be a paint inspector. They got to go around and do all the sampling, right? I just came in and did the lead wipes. That was fantastic. Okay, risk of death, okay fellas, what do you think? You want to, you want to wrap this up?
4: Can this we is- uh, get each other's yeah. contact information in case we need to... Uh... A few folks, I would like to email
1: if you don't mind for uh, for additional tips. Yeah, you want to share? Did you say you want to share everyone's contact information?
4: Yeah, will that be okay with everyone? Or
1: yeah, it's good by me.
5: Yeah, yeah.
1: Eric, saying
5: it's just put it in the Q and A. Yeah, why
1: don't you just type it in the in the chat or Q and A?
0: Okay, There's mine. You can text me or email me anytime. Also, Merrick, I'll put mine in
4: there right now. Great conversation, guys. I really enjoyed it. I picked up a lot of good tips there. The door hanging (laughs) for sales.
0: Ben, uh, you know, I just want to thank you as well because it's, I've been, this is my fourth year going into home inspections and I've been with InterNACHI for about a year and a half now and just a tremendous amount of wealth and knowledge that I've just gained from, just the free stuff you all put out there for all of us. And I've attended the uh, semin- uh, the, the conference up in New Jersey a couple years ago. Oh, good. I, I missed the last one and this one was canceled. But uh, I really do appreciate everything that you all do. And I'm looking to keep growing and learning with with you and Nick and the, the full InterNACHI team. So good job to you all. I really appreciate everything. Uh,
1: thank you so um, much. It's really an honor. Um, frankly, this is our second live virtual conference uh, coaching session. Sorry. And, uh, you know, uh, if, if it's valuable to you, it may be valuable to others. I just frankly enjoy it. I like hanging out with other inspectors uh, and talking inspection business. And um, if you want to participate again, I'm all for it. Uh, just, just trying to help out. That's, that's really all we try to do at Internet. You just try to provide what you need. Um, so I really appreciate you, you guys uh, hanging in there. And I just wanted to remind you, like from uh, our beginning presentation, maybe assess where you are, right? Because uh, you all have goals that you want to reach, um, but to get there, you got to know where you're at. So maybe take a look at these uh, these factors here that influence a consumer's decision. Maybe check out your price. You know, is it, is it competitive? Is it priced accurately so you can make money? Check out your services, are you diversified? Um, learn how to get reviews. I mean, that's, it's very easy to do, and it's so powerful. Google loves it when someone leaves a positive review on your business, Google business page, right, your listing when someone searches for your business. Um, They know that this is somebody that people like, and they will keep sending people to you. Uh, Get agent referrals. It's very easy to get them. Uh, You just have to work them, Um, and then Check out your inspector qualifications. Make sure you're telling everybody that you're highly qualified to do the job that people are expecting you to do. And lower the risk. Um, Lower the risk by a couple ways. Um, There's the buyback program. Um, Make sure you're insured just to protect your own assets. Um, But make sure that you are lowering the risk so that people can approach you in an easy way and make referrals to you because they kind of trust you. Um, so, maybe take a look at those factors again, uh, like we talked about in the beginning of the coaching session. All righty.
5: Let me, let me last one last thing uh, echo yeah. what Ben just said about the Google reviews. Um, that's a gold mine. Uh, actually, uh, my roofer contact turned me on to it seven years ago. And I've, I'd like to have more, I have 50. But I get a call at least once a week, some stuff that they read online. Yeah. And so it's totally free. So, you know, if you get the right feel from your client, agent, hit them up. It only takes them five minutes. Yeah. And I don't ask everybody because sometimes I don't have the, you know, like, I don't know if this guy is, like, completely happy, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. In, in sales, you got to be assertive and persistent, not aggressive, but assertive, which means like you're confident and you're, you're willing to ask somebody to do you a favor for your business yeah. and you, you follow up with them uh, in order to, uh, um, you know, respond well for them doing use a good pat on the back. So if they give you a good review, maybe you can call them up and just ask, Hey, how'd that sale go through? Or uh, how's your new home? You know? And so that's, that's, being assertive and then persistent, uh, always following up and asking. And you know, people when you ask people to do a favor, you'd be surprised how many people do that favor for you. Mm. So getting that Google review is really important if you just ask. Good point, Richard. All right, fellas, thank you so much. That was fun. Thank
4: you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Ben. Stay you. safe and healthy. Thank you, guys. Thank you very, very much.
2: Have fun storming the castle. <laughs> <Absolutely. Bye-bye. laughs>